Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast, and today's episode will be number 129 for the year 2002. You know, with the ever-changing dynamics of cultures and generations, we are consistently renaming things with different acronyms for whatever reason. Today's UFO is not a UFO anymore, it is an unexplained aerial phenomenon. Which uh, I guess sounds more politically correct and more comforting than a UFO. So let's talk about some of the more popular uh, UFO extraterrestrial uh contacts. The first one that always pops up is the Betty and Barney Hill uh, abduction, which happened in New Hampshire. The, the Reader's Digest version of it, the two were driving on a road in New Hampshire at night when a bright light seemed to start following them. When they eventually got home, it was daylight. It was dark out when you left it, when you like when you get home. That's how things go. Uh, they said their clothes were dirty and ripped. Their watches had stopped. And they couldn't remember a thing during sessions with a psychiatrist. They later recalled being probed and violated by aliens during an abduction. The uh, This was also reported in the Project Blue Book. What they don't tell you about this one, and I, I'm very skeptical of this one. I, I know what the woods in New Hampshire and Maine and Vermont look like in the dark, and you see a lot of things that uh, aren't really there, even if you're wide awake. Uh, I pound down Red Bull like I, I most people pound down water. I've dri- driven through areas of Maine up on 95 between exit... Uh, 244 and 264, and it gets so dark and the trees are so heavy, it looks like you're actually driving through a tunnel of trees. So there are a lot of misperceptions. The interesting thing about this was that in a statement made by uh, Betty Hill, uh, she had, not not even a statement, she had drawn a picture of... uh, where this spacecraft was supposed to have come from, which again falls into our Project Aquarius and Robert Lazar uh, Zeta Reticuli, uh, which is a a galaxy not too far away from Earth. And like Bob Lazar and uh, the the U.S. military's uh, deflection of actually truth, where they uh, <clears throat> stated that they had actually captured an alien who lived, lived there for within the U.S. Uh, military's uh, custody for nine years. Uh, they called it this alien, e, uh, it, it's, it's EB, E-B-E, Echo Baker Echo, which actually stands for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. Um, interesting thing about that <clears throat> is this alien 
or spacecraft could not have come from Zeta Reticuli, like uh, the military stated in Project Aquarius and 53, uh, Lazar and 88, and uh, the hill. I'm not the hill. I'm not sure what date this occurred. Probably somewhere between the 50s and the 70s. <clears throat> and for a scanning of it, that uh, that uh, galaxy by uh, infrared at a power of 70 magnitude uh, indicated there are absolutely no uh, planetoid fig uh, figures in, in that uh, in that galaxy. So uh, that's kind of uh, BS. So I'm not putting much faith in that one, although it is a good uh, good book to scare the hell out of yourself. This one is even better. I, I love this one. I, I when I when I saw this one, I, I you know what? I wish I had a couple of beers and some chicken wings when I read this one. Barbara Lambert and the Lizard Man. Uh, Barbara Lambert was a psychotherapist. <laughs> that tells you right there, baby. Um, who observed crop circles? Interesting thing about crop circles, I'm going to make some notes for you people out there. When Project, Project Blue Book began in um, 52, ended in 69, 16, sightings. Prior to that, there was Project uh, uh, Grudge, and these projects began in uh, 47, 49, 52, 69. Uh, you had exact, probably over 20,000 sightings. However, you had no, absolutely no crop circles. But after uh, a gentleman over in England found out that he could make money by spreading a story of uh, some swirled patterns in this field, which were made by uh, natural, natural environment, full occurrence, wind, um, all of a sudden, people were seeing crop circles. So already here, she's seeing crop circles, which I, I, I already know are, you know, not true. So uh, she claims that a reptilian figure appeared in her house, and he was tall, and he had piercing yellow eyes. The reptile appeared friendly, welcomed, welcoming to uh, Barbara. When she reached out to touch him, the lizard man vanished as suddenly as he appeared. Just like the just like the bottle of vodka she probably had on the side of the bed. And then Bob Wade Children and the End of the World. Interesting one. September 84, several uh, UFOs allegedly hovered over uh, a, school, uh, a school in rural uh, Ruas, Zimbabwe. And I like how all these things are recorded by Vanity Fair. I, I've never read it, but it must be interesting. Um, of course, uh, they basically said the principal hadn't didn't believe them. Uh, when the, each child was isolated, they, they were individually uh, talked to, isolated from other students. They all drew the same picture of what they thought they saw. In this case, they said that uh, everything, <clears throat> all the pictures were the same. Um, Let me see. 
the aliens were described as having big head, big eye, large eyes, no mouths. They were telling us <clears throat> the world's going to end. And, well, it's still here, so I guess the aliens were wrong. Now, here's an interesting one. The uh, Reynolds Ham Horus incident. Uh, it's also known as the uh, Britain's Roswell. Uh, it's famous recorded for its report. The air is recorded for uh, several UFO uh, reports. The reason because the witnesses involved in December 1980 were raw U.S. military people. Uh, okay, well. One would hope that they were a little more uh, accurate with the reporting. They, they reported sailing alien aircraft zooming through the forest. Well, here's the problem. An alien aircraft, think about that. Think about that statement right there. And you know I, I love the shredded statements part. They were reported seeing alien aircraft zooming through the forest. Well, if we think of forest, we think of forest as upright vertical trees, probably weighing a couple tons each. Nothing is going to be zooming through there without knocking, making a, a path of broken trees. So it couldn't have been zooming through the forest. At best, I'll give you over the forest, but not through the forest. Um, when I went to go back, it seemed as though strange uh, hieroglyphs were written all over the uh, over the craft. It doesn't really say what craft, but why would you need to write, write hieroglyphics on a craft, a craft, or any type of writing on a craft that's going to be subjected to the heat of going through an atmosphere, which would burn them off anyway? It turned out it was most likely a prank played on the U.S. soldiers by the Brit mil British military. I would believe that one. And I'm sure before the British military did that, they were on leave and probably had a few drinks, because I would be too. The O'Hare International Airport, November 7th, 2006, United Flight 446 was about to depart from Chicago's uh, O'Hare International Airport when a dozen uh, United uh, Airline employees spotted an odd metallic craft hovering over the gate. The employees reported that it hung in the air for several minutes before finally shooting up at breakneck speed into the clouds. The strangest part, the UFOs did not register on the airport radar. Despite all of the witnesses, the FAA declined to investigate it, chalking it up to weather phenomenon. I chalk it up to the, the, the thing hovering over your head, going straight up in the air, where all of you, after you had a few drinks, sitting in the elevator, going up and down. And went up and down at breakneck speed, and that's why it didn't report on the radar, because it was actually in the building, and it was the elevator you all passed out in. So, Melbourne 350. Uh, more than 350 students at Westall High School in Melbourne, Australia, saw unbelievable sight on, on April 6th of 1966. New York Post. Okay, well, maybe I'll give a little more credit. Than UFOs, let's see, captured the report. UFOs zipped away, out of sight. It was reported that the headmaster of the school uh, and every, uh, oh, observed strange men in black suits, told the students and the teachers never to say anything about it. Uh, 
Well, here's an interesting thing. There's actually three of these in here where they say men in black appeared. Uh, and they said, say nothing about it. But now this, this is online, so the whole world knows about it. So I guess that didn't work. I guess the men in black aren't doing the right thing. They, they needed those little uh, pen things they had. Uh, let me see. What's the next one? Robert Matthews and the Missing Time. This is an interesting one. Uh, according to, this is CBS Reality. Every time I hear media in the word reality, I know it's something that I shouldn't probably be reading. Uh, an army man named Robert Matthews got off a bus in Cape Cod, Massachusetts to report for his first tour of duty back in 1966. Now, for any of you who've been out in Cape Cod, it is, there are areas of Cape Cod where there is no no dwellings or anything like that. And it is eerie and it is dark and there are a lot of dirt paths. And if you take the wrong one, you get lost and you walk around for quite a long time. Uh, Matthews uh, saw strange lights appear in the desert, the deserted area where the bus had dropped him off. The bus driver told him to call and wait for a truck to pick him up. Afraid, he used a payphone to call uh, the base a second time. Well, if we're so deserted, what the hell? Are, why is there a payphone out, out somewhere where it's deserted? Well, what the hell is he afraid of? There ain't nothing out there. But another story. Uh, he used the payphone to call the base a second time. Well, he thought it was a five was five minutes later. The person who answered the phone told him that the truck had arrived to pick him up five minutes after he got off the bus, but the driver couldn't find Matthews in actually an hour. There was actually an hour separation in time. The phenomenon is called missing time. No. It is not called missing time. Think about the statements we just heard here, okay? He was told when he got off the bus to make a telephone call because there would be a... Uh, a a, a truck coming to pick him up. Now, how do they consider it deserted? There had to be a phone, which we just went over, for this guy to make a phone call. So, my thought on this was if he made the phone call and the truck arrived five minutes later, where the hell was he? He's off goofing off somewhere. Walking around, got lost, went to take a leak. Maybe he had a few. Who knows? Maybe he fell asleep. Do I really believe this one is being contact? Uh, no, I don't really. Uh, the missing time, and it says in here the phenomenon is, is called missing time, and it is commonly associated with alien abduction cases. Well, hell, he wasn't damn ass abducted. He was freaking. He's wandering around looking for those. Phone booth, phone booth lost the first time. Shit. Broadhaven Primary School drawings. This one sounds interesting. The BBC reported in 1977 a group of children from Broadhaven Primary School claimed to have seen a UFO near their playground. The teacher of the school refused to believe, believe them, but when <clears throat> the children were separated and asked to draw a picture of the experience, they all came up with the same drawing. A flying saucer. Well, no crap. What do you think they're going to draw? 
the Frederick uh, Balanchik disappearance. We talked about this in an earlier one, an earlier episode. Uh, Australian pilot uh, Frederick Balanchik was flying uh, over the uh, Bass Straits when he encountered something that he couldn't identify, according to the uh, news.com.usa, the Australia. Uh, he got on the radio uh, not too far from air control. There was a strange vessel. That was basically the vessel was hovering over him. Now, what they don't tell you about this one was uh, Valentich was a jokester. Uh, he had just recently got his piloting license within a year. Uh, he had been uh, cited for several violations over the time. The time uh, he was um, had been flying. Uh, his the course that he had told the, the uh, Melbourne that he was flying that night was actually not the flight. He had diverted off course, uh, reasons unknown. And it says here, um, let me see. They said uh, this I, this craft taunted him. It is hover. His last words were, "It was hovering over, and it's not an aircraft." For the last words, Valencheck said before his plane disappeared forever. No, his airplane didn't disappear forever because remains of his air, uh, airplane started washing up on shore weeks later. So that's not a, that's not a, um, that's not really anything. 1947, Fred uh, Chrisman and Harold Dale. Uh, let me see, we're, we're all on a Puget Sound. Uh, Dave, uh, Dale was out there with his son and their dog. Uh, Dale saw six strange aircraft overhead. One of them fell an estimated 1,500 feet out of the sky and hit and hit the water and went below the surface. The metal debris hurt his son and killed the dog. Um, kind of an interesting thing because Again, if you think about the sentencing, why would there be metal debris? Listen, if a spacecraft could fly through the galaxy, through the atmosphere, this and that, why is debris going to fly when it hits the water? It's not. <clears throat> it's not going to fly unless there was some type of uh, damage to the, to the aircraft, and more than likely, if there was, uh, it would be floating for a while. It just wouldn't have sank. Uh, Chrisman, who had... Uh, Happened. Let me see. I'm just trying to read these notes. Are all fucked up. Uh, Dale's told his supervisor at work, <clears throat> Fred Christman, what had happened, and Christman came out and verified it for himself. Soon afterwards, a man in black. Here we go. A man in black supposedly came to Dale and uh, warned him not to uh, speak of this incident. It is said that this incident inspired the movie Men in Black. Well, you know, Men in Black, you're doing a bad job because uh, you should use your your pen clickers. Because this is like the third third uh, disappearance or uh, contact article we read that had the men in black. And now thousands of people uh, know about it. So um, I guess you're not doing uh, a good job. But you see here, here again, there's people like me that are skipped skepticism. All over, written all over the place because of certain things like that. When people just say things that, listen, 
let me give you some good, good, good advice when people are telling you stories. When you are subjected to such trauma, I mean, let's face it, seeing an alien will be fucking trauma. Uh, or something monster-like or something not normally seen would be very traumatizing. And you would remember a lot more of the physical details, the events occurring prior to and after it, um, your physical, your statement of physics, what happened could be comparably matched. Like this one with the, the aircraft hitting the water and everybody being hit by uh, metal debris. Like, unless this, I mean, why, why would this thing all of a sudden decide to crash? And if everybody, if the dog was killed and the, the kid was injured by metal debris, there had to be some fragmentary remains. Where are they? Who looked at them? Will they examine to see what they were? Of course not. Because when things really don't happen, there's not physical evidence to support the case, like the case of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, so on and so forth. Um, it is interesting to bring these, these sightings up because to this day, although I will say that there's probably a, a greater possibility of there being other life forms out there. Um, I don't really subscribe to the fact that they've been walking around the planet for thousands of years. I don't subscribe to the fact that they were uh, any part of our uh, development biologically or uh, culturally or they built any of our city uh, cities back in the days. Um, there's just nothing to support that. I mean, but we will be doing a, uh, maybe the next episode we'll be doing uh, an episode 130 on ancient aliens because I've actually sat down there and list, uh, listened to uh, 12 hours of this show and um, they don't make enough coffee and um, my God, <laughs> where do we find? We, you know what, ancient aliens. You don't have to worry about the aliens because they're they're apparently <laughs> the staff that's hosting the show. You know what I mean? Um, with that being said, this is episode 129. This is season number two in the year 2022, and hopefully uh, things will start changing. Ho hopefully the Russians will start backing away from the Ukraine border. Uh, hopefully the denial. The cancel culture will cancel themselves out, and they'll all disappear. The Democrats will all go home, and we can come back to some type of normality, which don't even know what that is anymore. To be quite honest with you, it could be my norm is definitely not everybody else's norm. I like farms. I like rural land. I like shooting guns. I like catching fish. I like collecting Indian artifacts. I like hiking. I don't like anything that has to do with large inner cities. Um, I'd just rather be out there in the woods, uh, maybe not so far off the grid, but far enough away from the insanity of, uh, 
<clears throat> the human population who seems to be running amok nowadays, not being able to find their ass with two hands on a road map, but that's just me. So just remember when you're out in a dark place, dark parking lot, dark alleyway, dark room, dark backseat of a car, which might or not might be good, I don't know, um, or somewhere dark, the first question you have to ask yourself is, what the hell am I doing here, and what the hell are you doing there? Second, you better, before you start hearing those uh, footsteps coming up from behind you, you better know where there's a back door, back window, or somewhere to jump and run. Or you might be the next person we're talking about on this episode of The Night Stalker. See you on episode number 130.